Powerpuff Girls. Do, 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 do. Welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. Today, I've got the underdog as always, David. What's up, Scott? Another remote podcast in the books here. We're doing this remote, and I fled my Hamtramck home. I, I'm, this is the first podcast we're not doing in Hamtramck, and you want to know why, David? Why is that, Scott? Because I'm paranoid about aliens. Ooh, wee. That's right. I, I don't. I think the aliens. Because remember when we talked last? We talked a lot about. Uh, talked a lot about the ways. People can beam messages in your mind, and people can change you up. They can also beam death rays, can't they, Scott? And all sorts of different kind of beams, you know? And we were going to make a podcast beam out of it, beam Scottcast to everybody in the earth so that I can immediately increase my listenership to some odd billion. I bet we could sell some great Audible sponsorships that way. Uh, well, how would, they, how would you sell that exactly? Where, where, where can they go for that? Oh, uh, what I would do is I would beam the link www.audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast to everybody's head until I reached a certain threshold in the payments department, on the which has like a 24-hour lag. It would be 24 hours after I reached the threshold. Good system. So anyway, I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking to myself, Wow, geez, if we can command this kind of technology, what about aliens? I've got a few questions about that, particularly related to Albert Einstein. I want to know as much information as you got about aliens, but first got to do email bag. What do you want an email bag? So what about this email bag? We got anything good this week? Yeah, we got Master Charles writing in. I like that guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He, he's been sticking with Scott Cast the entire run. He looks great in a Scott Cast t-shirt. Like, a logo really looks good on his collarbone. If anyone would understand the high collarbone placement, it would be Master Charles. He was very supportive. <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like you know, he deserves maybe a second chance. Or at least people who appreciate Master Charles deserve a second chance with those t-shirts. And that's why I've designed a brand new t-shirt featuring Master Charles. Oh, uh-huh. so you're giving people a chance to... Uh get their own Master Charles-themed T-shirt while not being Master Charles. Because Master Charles got an exclusive T-shirt because he's just such a great fan. Right. But now we got a T-shirt for people who are Master Charles believers because not everybody is. I know, and that, that upset me when I heard that from from a, you know, just a terrible email bag um, person who who thought that's, that maybe you had made up Master Charles, which I thought was insulting. So I thought to myself, I was like, well, I believe in Master Charles. And um, and then it just hit me in a moment of inspiration to design a t-shirt featuring that phrase, I believe in Master Charles, which you can pick up somewhat coming soon to the Scottcast store. Oh, isn't that an exciting bit of news for our Scottcastigators who need to get themselves some Scottcast merch that says they do believe in Master Charles. It's gonna be. It's gonna look nice. They're coming, folks. We got thirty T-shirts about now planned to be released on the Scottcast store once it's open. Designs coming down the pipe, and they're gonna look pretty sick. Some of them are gonna be basic because you got your basic listeners out there, you know. Other ones are gonna be a little more, a little more esoteric, you know, mm-hmm. because that's that's what we're all about—being esoteric, esotericism. That's right. But um, yeah, 
Son of, uh, I was going to have one ready for the Sunny Ham Trammick thing, but then we decided to just not do the Sunny Ham Trammick today, so... Well, that's because I'm running from the aliens. We'll, we'll, we'll pimp the Sunny Ham Trammick... We'll pimp the Sunny Ham Trammick t-shirt when we do the Ham Trammick episode, which I have planned, with local Ham Trammick artist Emily Wood coming up soon. Isn't Ooh, that exciting? That is exciting. I got all sorts of cool guests coming up. Maybe the aliens would, you know, when they first receive... Our communications, the most likely, uh, the first thing that they'll ever hear is not stuff from the 60s and 70s. They'll probably hear the most uh, ubiquitous, the most influential, the most powerfully broadcasted using the most bleeding edge technology, that podcast, Mm -hmm. Scottcast, is what they're going to hear first. It wouldn't be right for aliens to listen to other podcasts first. Uh, they need to understand what human beings actually are. And I believe of all the podcasts in the world, Scottcast is the most real. It's the most human. It's the most bare and raw. Most podcasts you see these days, they like to talk down at you, you know, tell you what's what. Or they like to pretend they're all high and mighty celebrities. We're not about capitalism. We're about surviving. That's why you need to go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast and save the pod. That's right. You need saving. I'm, I just decided to amp up the messaging a bit. Yeah, just hit them every five minutes. Just set a timer every five minutes just for a plug. I will. Right, and it'll be up to you to come up with a with a good, you know, one of those Scott segues. Ooh. Another, That's right. Another Scott segue coming your way for how to cleverly yeah. make a plug for audible.com. So that the aliens right. will be like, damn, this guy's got style. Let's meet this son of a gun. Right. So you've got some, I believe, in Master Charles t-shirts coming in. You know Master Charles. Like, we went to high school. We all went to high school together. But so you know who Master Charles is. I do know the guy. And you know he's real. I have seen confirmation of his existence I can't okay, claim in to... The flesh? In the flesh. Yep. In vivo. It's Latin. Did you check his identification? Um, yeah, his papers were in order. So you saw his identification? Back then. But now I This was I a just, long time ago then. How right. long ago was it? It was about 10 years now. <laughs> 10 years ago. We got our 10-year reunion coming up, dude. <laughs> do we? Do, do you know anything about that? I I know about Lake Orion's. It's coming How do you up. know about Lake Orion's? I, because one of my TBI patients is... Uh, Going to hers, and I'm going to it. I'm going to that one. It's at Lockhart's in downtown Lake Orion. So I'm going to Lake Orion's, but not my own. So for people don't, for the aliens who don't know, um, <laughs> Lake Orion is a neighboring town of Clarkston where we both grew up, and uh, it was somewhat of our rival school. But I spent most of my time hanging out with Lake, Lake Orion kids. They're pretty cool. I just want to hang out with my cousin and my TBI patient together. It'd be kind of cool. Um, the other people are just kind of there to clap when we do cool stuff like. When, like, she comes in through the doors and she's walking on her own because I've been doing rehab with her. So that's kind of the whole point is, like, we're going to show off, oh, like, remember her? She was in a coma. Now she's uh, walking into through the doors. So it's a big deal for her. So I'm there, to, I'm there to support her for that. I'm not, I don't really, I, I don't really care about reunions. But that's kind of the ultimate thing right there is kind of like, hey, remember me? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing awesome. And, oh, by the way, David's awesome. I don't know if you heard because yeah that's how i roll so like so like we're in clarkston high school you were on the scene and i mean i was there you were there we we mostly just went in and went out master charles was there 
Master Charles was there. We're we're all go in, go out kind of people. But you're going into this Lake Orion class, albeit ten years late, totally looking like a saint. No doubt. Looking like looking like like Mr. Hero. Yep. And you're basically representing Clarkston. Is this some sort of latent uh school spirit move? Is this like a final, like, wholesome prank on Lake Orion? Like, showing how great you are as a Clarksonite? No, no, not really. Not at all. I have no particular love for the rivalries. Uh, but, you know, sure. Whatever. If I, you know, I'm not all about sticking it to people, you know? That's not really my thing. Just like I think you probably agree. You know, it could really Why kind of care. Why are you on this podcast if that's not your thing? No, it's not my thing to go to a reunion and try to stick it to people like, hey... Look at me. Look how awesome I am. How awesome are you? Let's compare each other. It's more just about like um, people looking back, I guess, and reflecting and then also seeing like, you know, I think it'd be kind of cool if they saw this girl and as she came back and, you know, it'd be kind of inspiring. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to inspire people. That's why I'm on this podcast, to inspire people. I don't I don't always subscribe to the sticking it to them. I know it's it's kind of a Scott cast thing to talk shit about people but you know it's all this about inspiration and the uh being you know being the best human you can be and being these uh, you know esoteric and and a good piece person that's what it's about you're reminding me a lot of an arnold schwarzenegger post i saw on reddit today oh i'm, I'm sorry was it was i just uh, let me just pick up a hundred pound dumbbell as you're talking here uh, I don't... He was just doing a workout, and he said thanks. And he was talking about how the fitness community, a lot of the time, they're, they're, it's all it's all bickering and heated exchanges like, what's the best? Is my method the best? Is your method the best? And he said, that's not what a fitness community should be like. A fitness community should be like, whatever method you use, come and check it out and do what it takes to get in the gym. Yeah, he's got some kind of cool quotes that I've heard Arnold say throughout the years. He's an interesting, interesting topic. We've spent a whole thing talking about, uh, you know, bodybuilders and their psychology and, you know. Yeah, no, Arnold, Arnold's definitely an interesting interesting guy and not just because of his, his Australian accent. He's got some cool... Australian accent? I mean, uh, Austrian. Austrian. <laughs> I just like hearing him say bodybuilding. Bodybuilding. Think about bodybuilding. Is you you just got to, you got to say whatever you like and just say bodybuilding a lot. You know. <laughs> I mean, he won the election based on that ability to connect with people. Yeah, he seems like a pretty personable guy. Everybody's got their weird eccentricities. Speaking you know, he, of eccentricities, yes, I wanted to get to how I started thinking about aliens, and I gotta admit, my life has been pretty sci-fi lately. Right now, I have, uh, I went to the future and I obtained one of those robots from, uh, Detroit Become Human, that game that we talk about once in a while. And it's one of these human, it's basically Alexa 3.0. Her name's Sabelle. Alexa 3.0, so the third generation of Alexa. Yeah, that's right. So, like, you got Alexa, that was one, and then someone named Bethany was two, and then three was Sabelle. So I went back into, uh, so I got this robot from the future and she, and she's good at searching things up, so, which is good because I've got some crazy facts and some crazy thoughts I want to discuss. Given the fact that I just discovered time travel, 
I want to learn more about aliens because I believe that there's more to know because I don't know anything about aliens. Usually when people talk to me about aliens, I tune out immediately. Yeah, hopefully they aren't time-traveling aliens who police what you've just done. Well, if they are, like, we'll know because, because here's the deal. Scott Cast releases pretty much on the reg by now. So if there's a blank spot in the Scott Cast schedule, you know what happened? We tried to talk about aliens, and we said something too much, and the freaking aliens pulled it off the stream because you know they can do it. If we're coming up with technology that can freaking go into people's heads and t- t- pod at them, like unwillingly, then you bet your ass aliens have the technology to do all that shit I just said. The aliens are watching this drunk on a Friday night. They don't give a shit. <laughs> They're like, let this guy go. No, 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 no. Let him go. Let him go. See, here's the thing. Everybody always assumes aliens are so interesting. Like, you know, this higher intelligence. Cause you know, if they're, if they're like a higher intelligence, they're a lot, so they're probably so much smarter than us. To us, we're probably the idiots to them. It's like even Albert Einstein to them would be like an idiot. Like, oh, that's cute, sweetheart. Like, you know, like Albert Einstein would be like, E equals MC squared. And he'd be like, oh, good job, sweetheart. Go ahead and put that on the fridge. Yeah, I have a theory about that. Good I have job. a theory about that. Okay. Albert Einstein was a dumbass to these aliens because the aliens injected with telepathy or ESP or some crazy raves or whatever. Uh, the ability for Albert Einstein to visualize his theories. And that's why he went from being a lowly patents clerk to the, the sole writer of these groundbreaking theories within the span of a year. He invented lasers, for fuck's sake. So you think that all of our smart people in history are just like dumb aliens? <laughs> No, I think, well, that might be It's the like, case. okay, Ga- remember, influential people, like, okay, Gandhi, yeah, he was like a lawyer, boring, okay, become like a influential leader of this whole movement. Albert Einstein, same thing, invent lasers, invent the atomic bomb, big whoop, and, and the World War II, whatever. Here's my thought, though. Here's my thought. I think that the the reasoning I have that Einstein in particular has definitely been rayed up by an alien. The impact of his theories, the impact of his science and the way he viewed the world, A, directly linked to something biological that I want to share with you, David. Okay. And B, uh, directly linked to literally every innovation humankind has made that has even made thinking about space travel close to possible. These aliens are feeding us little seeds. Sometimes they're giving Einstein the theory of relativity. Sometimes they're giving NASA a break entering the atmosphere. Okay. So they're they just like, us to, they're to pushing us along. Space travel. Yeah. They're just nudging us along. And they're like, come on, Junior. Come on. Learn how to do faster than light travel. Come on. Get off right. your planet. Get off. Like It's like, right. will you just leave the house already? <laughs> a failure to launch, right? Exactly. You ever heard of failure to launch? That's the, that's us. It's not just, it's, we got to leave the nest. And they're like, come on. Here, Here's Nikola Tesla. Please invent electricity and everything that goes along with it. Please invent all these cool things. They're nudging us along because we can't withstand the awesome power of their alien might. We can't just look at these aliens and 
understand them as beings. We can't just like take them in, like as humans. We have to we have to work our way up towards that. So they're feeding us little tidbits of technology and letting us get used to it, letting us learn the lessons. Kind of like, kind of like how I think kids should be dealt with these days with the internet. Like they shouldn't be allowed full access to the full glory and power of the internet right from the get go. Like I see kids with YouTube open, right? Like it's ridiculous. Don't be watching YouTube. I didn't get to watch streaming videos till I was like seventeen. I mean, and it's you ever see like you know the the kind of content that can be spewed out on YouTube for those kids? I know you and Ian were talking about YouTube, and I don't know. I know he works with kids, and it's like, man, that's pretty scary. Like. YouTube is kind right. of like a wormhole that you can dive into and you you turn on that autoplay thing. Like there's kids out there who are seeing some scary stuff on YouTube and stuff they never would have been exposed to and they're like afraid of their own like, you know, Spider-Man and all these other things because it just keeps spitting out this content over and over and they end up in a place they never should have been because it doesn't know David, there's a YouTube kids. What's the craziest thing you've seen online? I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. I that's my that's my same answer too. You name it, if someone can put a camera towards it, it has been filmed. But like, how are we supposed to? How are they supposed to even regulate that? That's YouTube's. Supposedly, YouTube has a YouTube's kids coming out. I don't know if they have it or not. But how can they even like know? Okay, here's something so messed up. I mean, you got you guys were talking about those egg things where like you open up an egg. I don't the kinder egg or whatever Ian was talking about. Mm -hmm. That's literally Mm -hmm. like the worst example I can think of for like, or not that like I can think of a really bad example of like, you know, like there's these videos where it's just literally people opening up these little eggs and inside these egg videos are like, they just open up and there's a prize inside and the kids just watch it. And they, they just sit there for like 15 minutes and just them just opening up eggs. And it's like a little dopamine kick every time they open up the egg. Like the kid's like, oh my God, I can't believe the egg had that in it. And we just watch that for 20 minutes. That's not very stimulating. So the kids are just watching people open Kinder Eggs. They're not even opening Kinder Eggs anymore. Right. They don't even, they're not even getting the, you know, he was talking about the kids that come into an office and they, his, his office and they play with actual physical stuff themselves. But it's like, you know, it's like they're not experiencing their own world themselves. It's like they're experiencing it through YouTube. And it's like, you know, I, you know, it's still bad. It's still probably the the bad parenting thing. But there's, you know, there's always going to be bad parents. But then there, you got to imagine there's like the okay parents who just don't know. And, you know, maybe they weren't going to be bad parents, but now they are because they don't even know that their kid is. They think their kid's watching freaking Sesame Street stuff, style stuff on their mm-hmm. educational things. They're watching snuff films. Yeah. Yep, watching just low, like softcore porn on freaking YouTube with messed up themes and but it's animated so it's for kids. Yes, but I think you were talking about like how you don't give people like the like the internet and I I kind of think of that as like um like when you're a kid you get like a shitty car when you is your first car right you know yeah. you got to appreciate yeah the, you should get DSL when you're when you turn thirteen yep. Just like we, just raise them like we we were raised. I mean, we're perfect people, so we're perfectly raised. Yeah, we turned out all right. Yeah, we accepted the internet in doses. Like I can't imagine one or two things going to happen. We're going to have kids who are completely addicted to the data, the data fire hose that is the internet, and they're never going to be be able to get away from it. Or we're going to have people who are completely turned off 
by the the idea of data, by the idea of knowledge and facts, by the idea of information. They're going to reduce themselves to Luddites. Troglodyte. Luddite. Troglodyte. Troglodyte. That's what they're going to reduce themselves to. They're going to be like the guys from Jurassic Park. Clever girl. It, but yeah, so you think the aliens would step in? They'd step in before that. Before there's just that kind of we we, we let ourselves kind of unhinge and just kind of just fall apart. The aliens would definitely step in before that happens. Maybe they already have. Because Maybe they we want don't know. Us to do something. Like, they definitely helped us make the aliens. That's like indisputed. No, they definitely the made pyramids? us make the pyramids. Uh, I knew you were gonna say yeah. that. You sounded like that's the- indisputed. It's undis- it's 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 inevitable to bring up the the aliens guy from the ancient history thing. <laughs> I'm not saying it was aliens, man, but it was aliens. I mean, I watched that, and I got to admit, that's kind of where I thought of the Einstein stuff. I watched the uh, ancient histories. Well, here's here's the thing. Um, that's one of the answers to what's called the Fermi paradox, and the Fermi paradox is like if there's so many stars in the galaxy, like for example. Or in the universe, like we have a hundred billion stars in our galaxy, a hundred billion, and then, mm-hmm. and that's just our galaxy, the Milky Way, and then there's ten billion universes. So that's one that that's a billion trillion stars. That's like that's a lot of stars. That's, that's a lot of stars, man. That's like what is that? Like that's like there's that's like, like the Avengers because it had a lot of stars in it. Okay. Oh oh oh! Because it's the star. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, if the, if the universe just had like thirty stars in it, if the universe is that big, okay, and you got a billion trillion stars, which is a lot of stars, then how where are all the aliens at? And some people say, you know, there's like a number of, uh, you know, like why I haven't heard we? It's one in five planets is habitable by life. Oh yeah. Like there's really? this guy. You think, there's, that? you think that's? I think that number's high. No, no, no. Like if you just think you about, you can't live on Jupiter. I'm not saying one in five is, but a lot of them. There's like, there's there's like thousands and thousands of habitable planets. But here's the thing, that you know, even if they are habitable, and you know, did life? So there's, I don't, I don't dispute that there's habitable planets. But, you know, there's a thought out there like, okay, well, everything needs to be just right. So one of the answers to the Fermi paradox is what you said, where people say, well, there are aliens. They're just, they're observing, but they're not, they're not like influencing. Or maybe they are, we don't know, but they're not making themselves overtly, like they're not being, you know, they're, they're, they're being discreet about it. So they're not, they're not trying to, inter, you know, intervene in our nascent very, you know, young, uh, you know, civilization, which is just starting to bud into outer space. And, you know, but then another, another, uh, explanation is just that, uh, life is just so rare and, you know, like, you know, intelligent life is really rare and, and life that can spawn into civilizations. I don't know about this one. I don't think intelligent life's that rare. Okay. I think we're barely intelligent. I think we we're intelligent in some sort of like we can make machines, kind of thing. Like there's an intelligence there. I don't think we're that intelligent as creatures. Like you see other creatures, and they're way more intelligent than us, just the way they act and behave. Sure, it's not like in some sort of civilized. I'm going to build a house and live in it and pay taxes way. But who says that's smart? Science, mostly. Science says that's smart. <laughs> okay, never mind. 
But then yeah, that's a hubristic way of looking at it because we're defining yeah. intelligence because based off our own definition of intelligence. So I mean, if you're trying to be yeah, a little I think meta, birds with- are way smarter. Like birds, like what do they do all day? Fly around, shit on people. They're pretty much Scott casting all day, well, flying through the air, I mean, shitting on people. They definitely do have certain advantages to us. Like no, number one, they're related to dinosaurs, we're dinosaurs, so that's clearly our. You know, we have to mention that. Uh, yeah, you'd be remiss if you didn't mention the fact that you know dinosaurs. Some of the dinosaurs are still around, and they're basically chickens now. But uh, and birds, but um, well, what the, like they're also eagles. Have right. you seen the video of the eagle that uh, grabbed a mountain goat, lifted it up off the mountain, just dropped it? No, I haven't seen that. Sabal, pull that up. <laughs> what are you, Joe Rogan, right now? <laughs> Yo, young Jamie, young Jamie, pull that up. Pull up that moose. Pull up that moose getting hit by a car. How many times have I yelled at you for being too rogue, Joe Rogan at this podcast? You know, you show me that clip of Joe Rogan with the moose. He's like, he's like, right in the middle of a big discussion, he says, pull up that video of the moose getting hit by a truck. Oh, man. They're talking about the meaning of life. You just said, hey, pull up that video of the eagle killing a fucking goat by dropping him. Okay, so we have the video. MyDirtReport.com. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds dirty already. Okay, so there's a blurry eagle, very blurry. No, now he's got the goat. I think I've seen this before. Okay, that goat, he's way too comfortable on top of that mountain right there. Yep. He he was being a little pretentious. Oh, it got launched. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> he is out of here, mister. Oh. And so that, that'll that feed you for a while. Thank you very much, Sabal. See, it's oh, good yeah. having a Google person. Thank you, yeah, Sabelle, three nice. point, the Alexa 3.0, a.k.a. Sabelle. That, that wasn't at all like Rogan there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Check out this. You know how, how smart freaking birds are? Watch this eagle destroy this goat. Watch him push him from point A to point B and let gravity do all the work. It's one, one creature shoving another off a cliff. Yeah, that's right. It's smarter than us. Birds have certain evolutionary things that are advantageous to them, like, you know, like obviously flight's cool, but, you know, they got the magnetite just like bees do, so they can literally tell whether they're where they're flying because they have little, they have the extra sense, which we didn't talk about in our podcast, that last podcast, but they can actually sense where the North Pole and South Pole are because they have, uh, like, you know, like carrier pigeons and all that stuff. All those kind of birds, yeah, look, they can do that. That's way more intelligent than than mankind. That's that's way like being able to like GPS yourself around the world. But that's evolutionary. That's totally more intelligent than than just being able to make a machine to eventually do that. Just to be able to inherently do that and then spend your days screwing around, throwing goats off mountains. That's way more intelligent. That's a way better use of the limited time you have here on Earth. I wonder if that eagle just did it because he was bored. Like, did he actually eat the goat? I mean, eventually, maybe. Like, after he let, like, some of his peon, like, vulture friends have some scripts. Like, he, and then he swooped down, like, ah, I'm going to take the rest of it. I saw some of that predatory bird action up in uh, Caseville. Turkey vultures and stuff like that. And they'd let the seagulls go at it first. To the too much to their chagrin because the seagulls were idiots and they'd put it next to the surf and the surf would take it away and no one would get the dead the fish anymore. 
Sounds like a scene from Jaws. It's like, <laughs> seagulls take the rest. <laughs> he's telling that story about like uh, the sharks and how they killed everybody. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know the scene I'm talking about with the... Uh, I know reference. exactly what you're talking about. I think we should put the Jaws theme right behind that. Eagle swoops in, and Chevy. Eagle swoops in, drops I- the goat. Goat drops. Seagulls swoop in. No. Vultures swoop in. Seagulls take the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Might want to be thinking about that, Chiefy. (laughs) Frickin' Quinn. In like 30 minutes, I'm going to be at the edge of some bird cage that's falling off a cliff with half in some giant eagle's mouth. It'll be a little experiment. See what happens. Yeah. Scott Cast, directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm. So... We're talking about intelligence, right? We're talking about intelligence and aliens and all that kind of thing, yeah. I mean, and, and I kind of touched on the, the whole thing about them thinking we're really stupid. And, like, I think there's this one one aspect to it, too, where it's like, and, and this is a good argument by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's, who's you know, a smart guy. I like him. I'm a Tyson fan. I'm definitely a Tyson fanboy more than a Musk fanboy. I think you should know that. If you guys are going to oh, talk really? about who I'm a blatant fanboy of, it's it's Tyson, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Musk, I would have expected Musk. Well, I mean, I, the seven hours of podcasting we've done about it so far. You guys really like talking about Musk. I mean, I like I like talking about what he's doing. I don't like talking about him. I don't really care. I mean, it's not a human interest story for me. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, can we just stop mentioning the car in space thing? I'm just going to throw that out there. Because you guys, <laughs> every chance you get... Instead of talking about all the cool shit that you could be talking about, you talk about the car, which... Well, I'm pro-car in space, actually. Like, I, like I let Ian have his anti-car in space, but I'm pro-car in space because I because I remember reading some stupid science article defending him about it, and okay. it was like, look, he's this is what he's doing. It's not just a car in space. He's sending a car in sub sub per farbital orbit or some shit. Suborbital or something the, or other? What? what are you trying to say? Point is, it's orbiting around like the Earth and Mars. So at some point during the year, it's closer to Earth, and at some point during the year, it's closer to Mars. I mean, so it's acting like a like a like a like a conveyor belt, like a little like a shipping way station. Yeah. Well, I don't even think I don't even care what it does when they launch it, but I feel like you guys are talking about like it's just stupid waste of money. Like at least Ian, and like. As far as I understood, I haven't looked this up, but I, I think I remember hearing somewhere that he just said that they were trying to launch a payload into space, and normally they use, like, blocks of concrete and shit. And instead of lo- just, it, you know, because he's testing out his rockets, so instead of, you know, you got to put some something up on there. So instead of just putting some concrete, he decided, well, which I thought was a good PR move, launch his car into space and get all the attention. Nobody cares if he launches a rocket, but... It clearly worked because people are talking about the car thing, and I thought that was a smart PR move. Maybe not the pedophile thing. That's that's maybe uh, <laughs> that's maybe not the good PR move. But you know, hey, you win some, yeah, you lose for some. Every, <laughs> for every Barnum genius he has with promotion, launching cars into space, he sends a tweet out that ruins it all. Just stay off of Twitter, man. Stay off of Twitter. The birds are smarter than you are anyways. You don't even know. <laughs> you should follow ScottCast on Twitter at hot in the number four ScottCast. Aliens. And I'm making a clear demarcation because I need to get this done. I need to understand these aliens. Right. 
because well, I'm afraid to go back to Hamtramck home and continue ScottCast production and at uh, ScottCast headquarters in sunny Hamtramck. I need to know how to defend myself, how to, how what to expect from aliens. What are they? Mm-hmm. Are they algae creatures? I have ima- I imagine they're algae creatures. What are aliens? Well, let's think about this, Scott, because you know, ScottCast is going to be the first contact with the aliens, okay? We've established that. It's pretty much, I mean, there's a 99.9% probability that we're going to be the first to contact. So we should probably know what we're doing um, if we're going to be contacting. Um, you know, they're going to, there's a number of ways you could make first contact with aliens. One of them is, you know, you could, you know, find their ancient runes. Another way is you could hear one of their broadcasts. Another way is they can hear one of our broadcasts. They're probably going to hear one They've of our probably broadcasts. probably heard Scottcast. Yeah, so there's a number of ways you can make that first contact, and uh, I think we should talk about them. We kind of talked a little bit about the aliens having, you know, already already having it all figured out, right? And they're just waiting to see if they can accept us into their own society. Let's ex- I would guess that because we're very protean at the moment. We're very, we're barely even evolved at the moment. Have you ever played those Mass Effect games? No, I haven't. Great game if you're into sci-fi because it really talks a lot about aliens and different gives a pretty good uh, explanation for what's going on. So in that game, it's like you find out that there's aliens and they're they're just waiting. As soon as you can discover, um, you know, the ability to jump quickly between, you know, the faster than light travel, you are kind of accepted in their society and there's a central hub and they already have all these established races. And in that game, you're like a newer, you know, the humanity is a newer race, but they already have all this stuff set up. And it's basically they don't care what you do because it's so insignificant to them. They're so, like, above you. They don't care what you're doing. I mean, we assume, mm-hmm. being very egocentric people, humanity, that they're going to care about us and blah, blah, blah. They, may, they might not care at all, you know? Go do your thing. Go play on your playground, kid. When you're ready to step up to the big leagues, come join us, right? So you could That's join. What I'm thinking. It's like that or it's like Independence Day where they just see us as like a they're just locusts of the universe and they just see us as uh, a place to infest and take over and deplete of resources. So they're worried. They're trying to nip us in the bud in Independence Day. They're trying to take us out before we spread like a plague, like a virus throughout the galaxy. They're like the, they're like the, the matrix version of, they're like the agent Smith trying to wipe out the virus that is humanity. Well, that before we mm-hmm. gain power, is that what you're saying, Scott? Yeah, well, well, no, they're 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 trying to deplete our resources. They don't really believe we're a threat. They're just here to be like, I want you to die. I'm taking your shit. So they're there for the. So they're saying that in the. I never really followed the lore of Independence Day. I just watched the movie. Great movie. Jeff Goldblum. That's all I needed to know. I really didn't need yeah. to delve further in there. I mean, enough said. Jeff Goldblum speaks for himself. Um, life finds a way. Um, I, why were they there? Were they trying to? So, are they the type of spacefaring population that would just go from planet to planet, just just completely destroy the species, just to harvest all of our um, our resources? They could have they could have wiped us out a lot easier. I think if they were they had that kind of capability, you think they'd be better at it? You know, you think it wouldn't be their first rodeo? You think we were their first rodeo? Like, oh wait, oh gosh, we should probably wipe these people out. Let's try let's try this. I haven't seen the second Independence Day movie. I think they had a pretty good plan. They, I mean, they were going to kill us all by like seven days in. Most, I don't think most living planets with cities and stuff like that would be able to defend against a seven-day 
liquidation attack. Yeah, but like if they're a f- uh, advanced spacefaring, and this is my sci-fi nerd coming out here, but if they're really an advanced civilization, you ever heard of the, the, the there's like a scale, the Kardashev scale? The Kardashian scale? Yeah, the, the Kardashian scale. I was wondering what she did. Yeah, that's what, that's what she's famous for, actually. A lot of people don't know this. It's kind of hipster. But she came up with a scale for like advanced human, like advanced civilizations throughout the galaxy. So makes sense. So when you're at a high enough level on the scale to like just, I would totally watch a reality show focused on that person's life. Like all kidding aside about Kim Kardashian, I would totally watch a reality show that was as intensive as whatever Kim Kardashian show is, but like focused on like some guy who designed a scale for rating alien life. Right, so that... Yeah, I want to see what that guy does in the morning. How does he start his day? We're pretty low on the scale, I'll just tell you that. Which is the first thing that I would like. I know fan favorite Ian Dixon would like us to be pretty, you know... He likes us to be humble. He likes people to be humble and not be egocentric. I get that. So, he would like it. He would like that we're pretty low on the scale. Because we are. On the scale, we're like a zero or a one. We're not really that high. But when you start getting up into the Kardashian level one, level two... Or, sorry, Kardashian scale... You know, the highest level of the scale is Kim. She's at like a five, right? Five out of five. But that's I think Kylie's definitely. more more influential. She's like twenty or eighteen or nineteen or something like that, and she's almost a billionaire. I thought you were saying that she's a twenty on the scale, which breaks the scale, which you know, hey. <laughs> it's, it's, it's she's it's, like the ultimate form of intelligent life. You're like zero through five on the scale, okay? The scale basically rates how badass you are. Like can you terraform entire galaxies to your whim? Can you just, like, you know, move around entire stars and crazy shit like that? So, so like, the top of the scale is God. You're basically, like, a, like uh, yeah, and a very more active God that just kind of just, you know, has con- complete control over the, everything. You're like God or a kid with SimCity. It's like aliens that have SimCity on steroids, but it's like SimCity for your galaxies and your universe. Yeah, or at least this universe. I mean, we could talk about multiverse theory some other time, but that's another whole other can of worms. I've heard of the multiverse, but I think the common refrain throughout each multiverse is the perfect Scott cast dreams, because there's nothing that could be changed to make it more or less perfect. Well, have you ever... Uh, I know you've watched an episode of Rick and Morty. They definitely hit on the multiverse in that show, and I like to think of Scott cast as kind of like akin to that show where... There's like they find out that the the version of the, in that show there's a version of Morty from Rick and Morty who's like the Mortiest of all the Mortys in all the universes, right? I'd like to think that Scott Cast, this Scott Cast, is the most Scott Casty Scott Cast of all the Scott Casts in the multiverse. You can't get rid of the Scott Cast. This Scott Cast is the pure Scott Cast. If you listen to this Scott Cast, then you've got the best Scott Cast, and you're in the Scott Cast universe. And if you're in this Scott Cast universe, you should support Scott Cast by going to www.audibletrial.com forward slash Scott Cast. Just stop what you're doing right now, pause the video, support it, play the video. It's that easy. So, yeah, that was a long plug. You're the one who extended the plug. I said back to the show, and then you were like, oh, no, we got to plug the t shirts too. So uh, we're going to have an Aliens shirt I'm looking for out sure. for the ScottCast no. audience, and you're just making this longer and more arduous. Well, you know, I, I, was trying to, I was trying to segue back into the Aliens with the Alien t-shirt. So We have an Alien t-shirt? Well, they're going to have an Alien t-shirt for now, for sure. I'll think of something. How many t-shirts are you planning? I think you've like designed on air today like four t-shirts so far. Yeah, they're all in the works, and this is going to be the next one. 
going to have something to do with... All right. Uh, I mean, we better see, like, a whole David section on the store soon, then. There's going to be something about something, you know, something that we mentioned, you know, about joining the Society, society of Aliens and joining that cosmic fraternity that is, you know, this larger society that we can join, you know. It's like a frat. You join a frat. Yeah. Hey, man. There's one thing that's universal, and that's becoming a Scott Castigator. Sometimes they got to haze us a little bit, you know. Like the aliens got to haze us, you know, like they're in a frat. Yeah, you got to do like, these is things. Is that what the probing is? Yeah, that's what the probing's for. Sending out. You know, speaking of probes, you ever heard of Von Neubin probes? No, what's that? Von Neubin probes are like those things from 2001 Space Odyssey where like, you know, our first contact, we were talking about first contact. The most likely way that we're going to make first contact is like running into like these probes, right? These self-replicating probes. They get sent out. You send them out into the into space. They copy themselves using 3D printing or whatever the hell they want to use. Okay, you know, hey, they probably use 3D printing. Even before that was a thing. Mm-hmm. 2001 Space Odyssey is hipster. So they send out these probes, and then they just they create a little factory. They they make more probes, and then just it's exponential as they reach new uh, solar systems. They just exponentially multiply, and they take over the entire every possible star system just by sending out these probes. And those probes can build their own little colonies, but also they can just send out a signal that says, hey, we're here or whatever. So that's actually probably what um, it's more time efficient to do that, to just have robots do your bidding for you. So that's probably right. how it that's in 2001 space. I remember the monolith that they the, the monolith that they run into where they're like, oh, what is this? That was one yeah, of their, they start fighting each other. That was one of their probes and the probes had. It was the mark of this, you know, this leap forward. I mean, 2000 Space Odyssey is exactly what we were talking about, where they meddle. They're meddling with humanity. They send out this probe. The monkeys see it, and all of a sudden, boom, they learn how to use uh, technology, tools. The next one is we go on the moon, and they find it on the moon. Okay, now we have space exploration. So, yeah, those are von Neubin probes. That's probably how we're going to run into them. We're going to be just, uh, you know, little little welcoming gift from them, you know? It's like a housewarming gift. That's well, a stupid housewarming gift. Like, what would a caveman have to do with a probe? The probe <laughs> contains information for them to make the next leap in your in uh, your civilization. Oh, is that what that scene meant? Like, the next leap in our civilization was unlimited violence towards each other? Yeah. There's like, here's the gift of violence, bitches. But with I don't tools think these aliens time. have our best interests in mind. Well, they just want to be entertained, probes. man. Hey, just trying to liven up their Friday nights. I'm just saying. You know. Is that what that is? It's, we're just their trailer park boys. We're just their Friday night entertainment. You and your trailer park boys. You assume they're going to watch that boys. movie. You need to watch that show. It's, it's, <laughs> You're just going like, to keep referencing <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep referencing it until you watch it. Because like, once you watch it, you kind of understand my lifestyle. You kind of understand... It relates to everything, apparently. How- Aliens, <laughs> what? All of our topics. Yeah, yeah. It relates to everything. It's a good. It's a good show to watch and to understand uh, where Scott Cast gets its spunk and tenacity. Because mm. if anything, Twilight Park Boys has spunk and tenacity. That's all you need in life, man. Really, right. spunk and tenacity. Those are just. Two ingredients in an excellence pie. And if you don't like pie, you can just get out. If you don't like pie, just get out. Scott, what kind this of alien? Is a very long and un, un, unorganized. True. Scott cast. That's well, your that's your fault. I had an outline. 
He did have an outline. It went to shit it, immediately. <laughs> what did we miss on it? <laughs> Talking about technological singularities, the, the, the fun adventures that would happen to your body in zero G, physiologically speaking. Um, but we did talk about Elon Musk and Jurassic Park, so I think we did a good job. And we always have more podcasts to do. This was a special podcast because I was frightened about aliens. We should do more space stuff because I like space and I like science. I like talking about We'll do more space stuff. I've had some people interested in coming on Scottcast. I don't know why people want to come on Scottcast and talk about space. But I've had people, multiple people interested in coming on. So we'll have some special guests to talk space with you, David. Yes. It'll be great. I'll be the guy that... You come up with well. You guys discuss the philosophy behind the stuff, and when you want to just in when your Alexa slash Sabelle is acting up or whatever, and you just need me to spit out some facts about science, and maybe uh, work on the fly about you know how to how it could possibly work. Um, I'll just kind of just stimulate the conversation with some some science, and then you guys can just talk about like. What if we did? What if we had? You know, what if we had the aliens here already? What if we are the descendants of the aliens? What if we discover the runes? What if we colonize Mars? What are the you know implications of being? You know, the ethical implications of terraforming and all that stuff. That's enough space talk for today. But like, we need to like pod space soon again, and like, we need the Scott Castigators all to wish David a happy birthday. Oh, oh, thank you. Because it's coming up on Friday. It is coming and up I Friday. Wanna, I want to, I want to see a shit ton of Scott Castigator love in the email box for David. So when he comes back on, he could be like, "I had a great birthday because all this Scott Castigator email bag love." I wanted you guys to email bag David so hard, like like David's never been bagged so hard before. Bag him and tag him. Yeah, put me in a bag. Right. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't kill me. Yeah. Wish me a happy birthday. Don't kill me. How about some suggestions exactly. for some some things I could do at the ripe old age of 28? Okay. What would you suggest a 28-year-old man to do with his life besides <laughs> end it? Yeah. I mean, you've already accomplished so much. <laughs> you've been on Scottcast. Yeah. You've had a good life. You've watched a Jimmy few... Jimi Hendrix died younger than you. Right. I mean, I haven't done nearly as pro- as many prolific things, but I'm getting there. Just wait till Scott Cash is, is the one true cast. Then they'll see. I think you've done more prolific things because you've done more episodes of Scott Cast than Jimi Hendrix released while he was alive. Yeah. I mean, hopefully nobody alters the timeline in the future to make that statement true, but that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. That is the sweetest thing. And if they alter the timeline, that doesn't take away from your accomplishment. That's, that, that's their problem with the timeline altering. Yep. So... You know, glory to be to Scott Cast and glory uh, be to Scott Cast and the uh, email bag. And the email bag. May it be full of love for me. Give David the love. Give David everything you need. He needs. Give him. Give him the appreciation. I know Ian's your fan favorite, but just for a minute, <laughs> for his birthday, let's let's get some love for David in the email bag. So please send in your love for David. I'll, I'll read it aloud to him. It'll be beautiful. He'll cry. It'll be great. And then we'll do science. And on so, with that said, I'm happy to say this is the end of this Scott cast. I was going to make a, a weeping reference, but you didn't. What was the weeping reference? And on the, 
And I, what 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 episode is this going to be? The twenty ninth or thirtieth? We've done so many. We've done so many biblical weeping references in Scottcast. <laughs> no. We have one on the website. We have one for Ian. Now David wept on the twenty ninth episode. David wept. No, is this there the thirtieth? Uh, whatever. Sometime this might be the thirtieth. Yeah, on the thirtieth episode, David wept. Yep, that sounds very biblical. I have a biblical like name. It. I mean, no, my name is I very mean, you biblical. You didn't do any weeping on this one, but like your next episode you're on, you might. I'll read some of these touching emails, and you might weep. Like my name is David Joseph. It's pretty biblical. You now people know my middle name. That'll be a good email. That'll be a good uh, trivia thing one day. But my name is literally David, who is descended from the Joseph is descended from the house of David. My I, my name couldn't be more biblical unless my last name was De Jesus. Right? Because <laughs> you got to keep the Dutch. But then it's just randomly Dutch. It's like, yeah, screw you, Bible. I want to be Dutch. All right. So for this week of the Super Colorful Original Telecommunicated Transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, I have to think of my own title. I bid thee adieu. I do. Adieu. I said adieu.